0: Hey, I'm Brant. And I'm John. Got a question for you. Are you done with routine religion? Are you bored with lifeless faith or ready to give up on God? We've talked to
1: way too many people who are either leaving the faith because of how stiff and cold some people make it feel, or they're really hesitant to start following Jesus because of the lives
0: of other Christians. We think it's time that a different narrative was heard. Some people think following Jesus is boring or lifeless. We disagree. In fact, this podcast is about helping you follow Jesus with confidence and enthusiasm. Because following Jesus doesn't suck.
1: And welcome back to the Following Jesus Doesn't Suck podcast. Um, Just by way of reintroduction, my name is Brandt. And I'm John. And uh, we are local pastors, and uh, we love following Jesus. And we've been talking all about, in in this season... Uh, We've been talking about how um, following Jesus gives us loads of confidence, and uh, in this podcast, during our different seasons, we'll talk about how following Jesus gives us joy, and we'll talk about how following Jesus gives us purpose, and gives us hope, and and all kinds of stuff like that, because the reality is, um, I think a lot of times people get this idea that following Jesus uh, sucks because it's boring, or because it's lifeless, or because whatever host of reasons, and... I I think we would disagree with that in in this sense that if you get a hold of what actually is available to you through the power of the Holy Spirit when you've been regenerated by the Holy Spirit and given new life in Jesus there's actually loads of amazing things that come as a result and that's kind of what we're talking about so we've been talking about confidence um, and it just just say a little bit about me I'm I'm a dad I have two kids uh my daughter is three years old and my son is one year old currently. And I remember when I was actually uh, putting this some of this content together. It was kind of a busy weekend for me personally. Um, I had not not only was I you know writing a lot of this for this um, what we're talking about right now yet, but I was also prepping a message to preach at our youth center. Um, and on top of that, I was planning on how, was I going to effectively lead my middle school boys small group? Now, if you've ever been a middle school boys small group leader, you know what? You have extra crowns in heaven because <laughs> there. I promise you uh, there's probably going to be a Chick-fil-A put across your mansion on the Golden Street yes. in, in heaven just for you because you were a middle school boys small group leader. There is <laughs> extra grace for that. And so I was, I was prepping for that, my middle school boys small group, and on top of that even after church was over I had a difficult counseling session uh, between a parent and child that I was going to be um, uh, facilitating and so needless to say I had a lot of um, weighty and, and really important things on my mind and I needed to focus but I was I maybe I had made this mistake or maybe this was God's divine providence um, of working from home that weekend I was on the couch and my daughter comes up to me, and she she walks up to me with a huge smile, which just stops my heart, and, uh, you know, arms open wide, as if to say, you know, pick me up, Dad, hold me. Um, and And she, the thing about that is, all she wanted in that moment was just to enjoy time with me as her dad. And she didn't really care about the amount of stuff I was doing, or thinking about, or preparing for. She didn't actually even care. Even She didn't know, but even if she did, she wouldn't care about how important that stuff was. All she cared about in that moment was spending time with me. And obviously I stopped what I was doing, and I just chose to work on the stuff later. And um, I, I let her interrupt everything. And, and I think at that moment, time stopped for her when I put down plan, put down my plans to be with her. And because of this, and because of successive moments like this, consistent... Um, choices to do stuff like that, um, she is growing in confidence in her relationship with me. And I, I'm not a perfect dad. I will be the first to admit. I've done enough, I've made enough mistakes as a dad already to send my kids to counseling for the rest of their lives. I'm, I'm, I'm not a perfect dad, but I am her dad. And our, I think our relationship with our perfect Heavenly Father is a lot like this. Like we can have... This kind of time-stopping confidence to approach God at any time yeah. with anything. I mean, that's what prayer is all about. It really is. In fact, I would go so far as to say this: that prayer is about confidence in your relationship with God as your Father.
0: That's right. Yeah, in in your relationship, and I think it, it is. That's that's a very important uh, aspect of prayer is that it is a relationship with your Father and. So there's things that, that can affect that relationship. And and while we can always go in confidence to God and, and we can always uh, go to him, he's not looking for like the perfect combination of words, right. there's no formula to get it right. Um, there's also the, these, these lies that we can buy into that can affect that relationship. And I don't, I don't know if any of you were like me or not, but when I was younger, you know, I I'd bought into the lie that, you know, my needs didn't really matter um, for, for, mm. for most of my life, this caused me to, to either keep my head down and retreat from other people mm-hmm. or, or when I did actually decide to be with other people, I had to act like my life was amazing. You know, like I would mm. convince them that Put my life, that
1: fake face. yeah,
0: exactly. I, I just, you know, I did that by making them laugh a lot. You know, I love laughing. I love making other people laugh. And, uh, it's also a great way to convince everyone that, Hey, I don't have any struggles, you know?
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a great way to lie that, that to people that you're fine that's right
0: yeah exactly and and i think this carried over into my prayer life when i was younger i Mm -hmm. I prayed for meals because it was expected right i prayed for other people because i they did have needs but Mm -hmm. i never really felt comfortable ever going to god for anything for myself yeah Um, because i bought into that lie
1: because like yeah if, if i can't allow myself to have needs then I certainly can't admit it to God because when I do that, I'm I'm essentially confessing it to myself as well. And now, what do I do with that? I got to do something with that. And so, to avoid that, I'll just yeah pray for other people.
0: Exactly, exactly. And and uh, this was actually a, a huge turning point in my life. I'd say uh, when I really start taking my relationship with God seriously, because I remember going to this youth event, and when I was uh, I was heading into my senior year in high school, and I, I had this huge burden that I was caring because I had I did have all these needs I was struggling with all these issues and I was timid and fearful and I was struggling with these addictions to sin that I had had and I had no idea uh what I wanted to do with my life after high school and I had all these needs that I was just kept I kept building Mm. on top of each other and on top of myself and and so I was at this youth event breakout, and the speaker actually, this is why First John is one of my favorite books, because he reads this verse. Not first, because it has your name in it? That's right. That <laughs> it might be another reason. <laughs> I mean, if there's a first rant out there, I think I'd like it. Right. <laughs> First uh, John 1 9 it says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness mm, love that and uh so this this breakout speaker was was talking about this verse and it wasn't an audible voice but I heard, I feel like I heard God speak to me and he said uh through his word you know I care your mm, needs yeah, matter yeah. to me I can handle your sin and and he he was t- letting me know he says let me help you with that burden you've been carrying around and and I feel like that, um, in that message that I was getting, in that uh, in that those words that I was hearing from God through his through His Word in the Bible, um, it was almost like a burden was lifted off my back, hmm. and it was almost as if uh, He was telling me, "Hey, you can have confidence in your relationship with Me. You can have confidence to come to Me with anything."
1: It's almost like you finally realize He cares about you. Yeah, and and that. You can stop time, um, in a sense. You can have this sense of time-stopping confidence in your relationship with God because you finally realize, oh, I'm not a burden to Him. Right. I'm a blessing to Him. Exactly. And and I think I think we we get it twisted theologically, and we go, oh man, um, I'm only bad to God, and the only reason that God. Um, chose to love me and move towards me is in a concession to his nature which is love but he really didn't want to because he really doesn't like me because I'm really not worth it and I think there's an appropriate um level of hamartiology which is the 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 study of our sinfulness right there's an appropriate level in which we go yeah absolutely um that's why Jesus died that's why the infinite wrath of God was placed on Jesus yes yes but concurrently so. A hundred percent true as well is that God also did that out of love, which mm. was already mm. on us. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite verses, Romans 5.8. For God demonstrates his love for us while we were still sinners, not after we stopped being sinners. Like the love, the the infinity crossing, the heaven leaving the glory, uh, um, releasing love that Jesus had for His people to say, "I, I will humble myself to the point of death yes. for you." That that was out of love, not out of just a concession to some part of His nature that you know arm wrestled Him into it. Right? Um, no, that was out of love, and and if I if I get a sense of that, like, oh oh oh, He already came to me it's not an imposition on him to come to him.
0: Right,
1: right. So, so with the the verses in 1 John we've been reading, the, actually the next verse speaks exactly to this, 1 John 3.22. Uh, and just by way of context, if you haven't yet um, caught up to the previous episodes um, in this podcast, I'm just going to read the verses we've been covering quickly. So this is 1 John 3.16, and I'm going to go all the way through verse 22. It says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters also. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother and sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let us not merely say we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we'll be confident when we stand before God. And even if we feel guilty, God's greater than our feelings. He knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. And again, confidence is something in this context here that is flowing out of Relationship.
0: Right.
1: It's flowing out of relationship. Uh, confidence. Uh, it, it is a relational thing here, and so um, it, it's even. I I love if if you study the word confidence that's used here, it's actually the Greek word. It's translated into English as confidence, but the original word was written in um, a language uh, called Koine Greek, which is just old Greek, and um, the term. Uh, would be stated Parisean or Parisean or something like that. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Um, but the term is translated into English as confidence, but it could also accurately be translated boldness or a freedom of speech or, and I love this one, a frankness <laughs> such as that a child has in approaching his or her father. Yes. Right. Um, I, can- <laughs> I came home from work the other day. And this is, okay, this is not a, a rare occurrence. Um, I came home from work the other day, and my daughter goes, Daddy, you're stinky. You need a shower. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I mean, there's just like this, there's there's not a line of, of shame or fear in her relationship with me, right? It's just, there's not a line to, to stay away from. She's just, she's got this boldness and this frankness of speech, and she can approach me about anything. And it was... It was funny, and it was actually also kind of true. <laughs> but here's the point, is that powerful prayer is about confidence in your relationship with God. Powerful prayer is about confidence in your relationship with God. And um, I want to give you five ways, uh, five ways to pray. Hey, well, let's go six ways. Let's go six ways. Six ways to pray Um and in, in, uh, and grow in that confidence in your relationship with God. The first way, um, I actually got a book got from a book called Practicing the Presence of God, written by um, a monk named Brother Andrew. And uh, it was written a while ago. And um, just to summarize, pretty much he was saying, okay, this is going to be a very crude summary, but basically God is everywhere, therefore he's right here. Yeah. And I should act as if he's right here. And, and frankly, my relationship with God should be such that he's never far away. He's actually right here with me. Um, and uh, just an example of how... So so his his whole book is like, how do I live in that awareness? How do I practice the presence of God? And, and um, just an example of one of the ways he would do that is uh, when he would make breakfast in the morning. And he lived by himself because he's a monk. And he... Um, he would actually prepare two plates, two chairs, wow. two, two cups, wow. right? And actually make two meals <laughs> um, and then put, you know, the second one right in front of the second chair and just talk to God wow. while he was eating his breakfast in the morning. And that was kind of a way for him to practice the presence of God. And, and I love that. And there's, yeah. there's a lot of ways that you can practice the presence of God, right? You know, I think one of my favorite ways personally is if I'm driving, um, I rarely choose to listen to music when I'm driving by myself. Um, either I'll be praying, um, or I'll be listening to a sermon to hear God speaking to me, or if I am listening to music, I'm trying to you know listen to worship music. And the reality is, God is right there with me. He's, he's everywhere, especially at, for the believer. He's especially present inside as well. And so, if God's right there with me, well then, he might as well also be in the seat next to me. And I can talk to him like he's right there. I can talk to my wife when she's sitting right there. So why not talk to God when he's right there? And, you know, kind of doing those things while I'm driving in the car kind of primes my heart and my mind to just be aware that God's right there with me and I can talk to him.
0: Yeah. And I think another uh, important piece to that even is while you're reading scripture, I mean, we all have our questions. We all have the things that we're trying to figure out as we read scripture, um, how are we going to apply this to our life? Uh, what certain passages mean? We're, we're all going through that uh, process when we're reading scripture and, um, so picture God just sitting right there with you, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, ask him, talk to him well, about what you're reading. And, and frankly,
1: picture God sitting right there right next to you, speaking it to you. Yeah, exactly. That's I think a right. lot of, I yeah. think a lot of times people um, are like, oh, I just, if I could only hear from God <laughs> and I'd be like, well, like read your Bible. Right. And they're like, no, but like, I want to hear him like out loud. And I'm like, well, read your Bible out loud.
0: <laughs> yeah, right or get a get a bible app that reads it right right, to you. Yeah. right
1: and but like and i think what you're touching on is this yeah. concept of meditative reading yes. um the fact that the god is speaking to you every time you open scripture god is speaking to you like choose to believe that like the reality is you can actually go to the bible every time and hear from god and i think sometimes the difference between going to the Bible and just feeling dry and leaving and going to the Bible and, um, and hearing from God. One of the things is just the distinction of listening It's the distinction of being open to whatever God wants to speak to you. I was, I was reading through Acts chapter 20 the other day and I was, I was looking for a word from God about that particular text and God spoke to me, um, something that was like, it was from the text, um, but it wasn't what the text was about, but it was what I needed to hear in the moment. And um, and I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that, but I was like choosing to listen. And one of the ways that I, um, a, a professor said this to me at college, learning happens at the point of a pen. Uh, in other words, if you're not ready to verbalize what you're intaking, um, you're not ready to actually receive it. Another mm. um, because like if, you, if if it's just coming at you, then um, it's 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 just gonna leave very shortly. But if it's coming into you, then you're able to express it. So choose to, to express it in the reality is when you choose, to be ready to express it whether you're writing a notes in your Bible whether you're um, saying it you're, you're talking about it to somebody else immediately afterwards whether you're praying or writing it into a song or whatever yeah. if you're ready to express it what happens is the your ability to um, receive it increases yeah um, and so um, meditative reading isn't always just, sitting there with an empty mind hoping God, you know, like, opens your ears and audibly talks to you. I think it's like actively going to the source of God's voice, which is, by and large, the Bible. Yeah, there are other forms of special commun- uh, special revelation that God gives in in unique circumstances, but, but 95% of God's will is already revealed to you in, in Scripture. So, go to the main source of God's voice and be ready to receive it. Med... And then when you've received it, process it.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. That's what the meditation process is, is. Like, I'm 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 receiving it, and then I'm going like, okay, this is for me. God's saying this to me. Why? What? What? How am I supposed to process this? Um, so, for example, you could do something like this. I'm just I pulled up Romans chapter eight, um, and I'm going to read there the first four verses and give you an example of how you can do this. So. Now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus, and because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature, so God did what the law could not do. He sent his only son in a body like the bodies we sinners have, and in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins, he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who are no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Now, I have to be really careful as a preacher. I could preach for hours on this, but like, <laughs> what I want to do is give you an example of okay, this is what meditative reading might sound like for you. So now, there's no condemnation for me. But I belong to Christ Jesus, so I'm I'm not condemned. Like no one's accusing me effectively. I, I can't have condemnation stick to me. Why? Because everything that I'm being accused of has already been paid for. Verse two, and because I belong to Jesus, the power of the life-giving Spirit, the Holy Spirit, He's freed me. Like the the Holy Spirit inside of me has power, and that power is strong enough to free me from the power of sin that leads to death. Yeah. If I'm not careful, I can actually give myself to the power of sin, and it'll kill me. Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying anything beyond what the text is saying right now. I'm just rewording it, if, right. if you haven't noticed yet. exactly. I'm just rewording it. The power of the life-giving Spirit has freed me from the power of sin that leads to death. Now see, verse 3, the law of Moses couldn't save me. Doing the right thing, perfectly keeping the law, could not save me because of the weakness of my own sinful nature. I I could never be strong enough or good enough to actually fulfill the law and do enough good. Yeah. So so God knew that. So he did what I couldn't do. He did what the perfect obedience to the law couldn't do. God actually sent Jesus in a body like mine. And in that body God declared an end to sin's control over me by giving Jesus, his son as a sacrifice for my sins. And and I'm, you know, in in your own quietness of your heart, say those sins out loud to God. Right. God declared an end to sin's control over me by giving Jesus as a sacrifice for sin A, for sin, like, and name literally as many as you can, because all of that and more was put onto Jesus. Yeah. It's true. Therefore, those don't have a hold over you. Therefore, you don't get to be condemned because of those things. Therefore, you have freedom. So, he did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for me. Please don't miss this. And I, I, this is, I'm just reading the text, but this is what you could do if, if you were reading the text. Reword that, because that's a, that's, that's a mind-blowing statement the just requirement of the law is fully satisfied for me. Meaning, to try to do more to satisfy the righteous and just uh, justice of God. To try to do more to be right with God is to say God didn't do it enough. And it's also to say he's a liar. Because he's saying in this text to me, God sent Jesus so that, for the express purpose that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied. Verse one, just to you know reiterate this. There's no condemnation therefore. So okay, so I just I, that's meditative reading, right? right? I'm 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 proce- now I I processed it out loud very quickly, and <laughs> you know sometimes, and I just happen to be fairly familiar with that text, which is why I picked it. Um, but like. Sometimes you're just sitting in the text and going like, okay, how do I r- accurately reword this But so that it hits me? And you can do that because the reality is if God's saying these words to you and you reword them in a such a way that it doesn't change their meaning, then that's also God speaking to you.
0: Right, right.
1: And, and, and you, you can you can do that. That's actually a good thing to do. That's meditative reading.
0: And as, almost as a sub-point to meditative reading, and I think this will also transition into our next point, Yeah, is so you can read Scripture um, and let God speak to you, and then you can also speak back God's words to Him as well um, it, through reading Scripture and praying Scripture itself. Uh, I mean, even let's just continue to go through a couple more ver- or just one more verse sure, in Romans sure. 8. Uh, it says those who live according to the flesh have their mindset set on what the flesh desires. Mm-hmm. And you can read those words and and you can pray those back to God. Uh, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Uh, you know, Father help me to not live according to the flesh help me to not set my mind on what mm-hmm, the flesh yeah. desires mm-hmm. but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on what the Spirit desires uh, give me a mind that's focused solely on what your spirit desires. So you can start praying the words of Scripture back to God as well. Right. And I mean, that's powerful too because there's promises here. Um, there's promises here that you can hold on to and pray back to right. God and see those promises be fulfilled in your life.
1: So if you're struggling even to pray, you know, when you're sitting down to pray, this ha- this happened to me before um, a number of times. You know, I sit down to pray and my mind goes blank. Yeah. you like, God, I I carved out this moment in my day for you, (laughs) and now I don't have anything I'm thinking of. I'm like just totally (laughs) blank. And that's that's where praying scripture is really helpful, is you can just go, oh, wow, this is what God is saying to me, and I don't have the power to live that out, but I know he does, and so I'm going to pray these things back to him. And it starts that, and, and frankly, what happens is once you begin to open that door in the spiritual realm, all of a sudden you become a lot more aware of a lot of other things and you you just keep praying in those directions. And, and again, with the prayer thing, um, and we happen to be in Romans 8, I'm I'm really trying hard not to preach Romans 8 to (laughs) you right now, I promise. (laughs) So I want to just be helpful in this tip that we're giving you is is praying scripture. But, like, the Spirit himself does actually... um, help you to pray yeah so once you begin to move towards God in prayer with um, just some of the words he's written to you the spirit actually will open up ways to pray and and he'll intercede for you and he'll assist you in prayer and also um, cover you in prayer Uh, Romans 8 specifically gives us two instances where God is himself is praying Jesus is praying for you um, and the spirit is praying for you Um, and so and so As you're praying, you have divine assistance in that. So um, that is is a powerful thing, because if you remember, prayer is is about your relationship with God. God wants to talk to you, and He wants you to talk to Him. Almost like it's a conversation. I I remember when I was younger, um, we used to go to my grandma's house, and... There was a really nice fine China cabinet and she had some precious moment dolls in there as well. <laughs> yes. Some family heirloom uh, china in there it's and a good grandma
0: staple. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> it was
1: such a grandma thing. Yeah, exactly. But the thing about it, it was right in the middle of their house. And so there was four rooms all adjoined to each other, and there was like a you know, like a, a divider right in the middle of those four rooms, right? Well, this thing was right up in the corner of that. And and so my brother and I, anytime we'd go to, to my grandparents' house, we were younger, we we're just two boys, and so we're like roughhousing. We always had to be real careful um, when we got into that room that had Grandma's china cabinet. Yes. We like tiptoe around it, and I always felt like for some reason prayer was like that. Whereas like there's the rest of my life, and I'd, I'd kind of reckless, and then when it gets to prayer, it's like our dear Lord and mm. Heavenly Father right.
0: God. <laughs>
1: I thank you so much for this day and for this food and blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, in Jesus' name.
0: And I think we've talked about Amen. this before even. I, like, yeah. How many titles of God can you fit into one Yeah, prayer? exactly. And that like, that's like the goal. <laughs> and, I, and I
1: always, like, my dad would even pray in Old English. <laughs> And I'd be like, oh my goodness, is my English not good enough for God? And it would be like seven minutes and, you know, the waitress is just waiting for us and wait, our food's cold by the time like we're done praying and I'm, you know, just praying to God on top of my dad's prayer that dad would just, you know, choose his pauses to be shorter in the middle of it. <laughs> and I always thought this that prayer was this thing that was like, you could really easily get it wrong. Right. And, and I think... What I've begun to realize is that prayer is real talk to a real God who really wants to hear from you. and um, it's it's an ongoing conversation. You can talk to him about where you currently stand with him, you know, just get real and honest with him. you can talk to him about your hopes and desires and um, spiritually in in the, uh, the pursuits of your life, you can ask him for advice and his wisdom about things you, You can ask him to help you find your glasses. Um, (laughs) You you can, you know, you can ask him for comfort or guidance or the right word in just a small moment or even big moments, you know, asking for miracles or answers to prayer. Like, um, conversation with God is a way to think about prayer rather than this, like, um, super... breakable moment where you could easily get it wrong and and i'd take one mess misstep and all the fine china comes crashing down and god's mad at me and because i i said something wrong and i think it's a whole lot less like that and more like a conversation
0: right and And so and this will also help you when you're praying like in front of people yeah i so so many people are so nervous to pray in front of other people because they don't want to mess it up or they don't want to Pray the wrong thing or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. Let you, you're just talking to God. Just have a conversation. Right. Uh, that can give you confidence to pray out loud in groups too. Uh,
1: three more. Um, this next one, and before I say it, I want you to understand: a, it comes straight from the Bible, um, and I think has been hijacked by a lot of mysticism and uh, weird spiritual practices. But um, the 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 practice is meditation. Okay. So this. Is actually like very very biblical, Um, and I'm not even going to quote a reference because there's so many of them in the Psalms, just for example. But if prayer is how we talk to God, meditation is how we listen to God. I'm not talking about like I sit there and I'm quiet and all of a sudden I start hearing from God. The reality is God's already spoken and is speaking. God is always speaking to us. The question is, are we listening? So. Um, part of meditation is what we talked about earlier meditative reading um, part of talking part of meditation is waiting for an answer to your prayer like god give me peace okay well i'm gonna wait for the peace you know what i mean
0: yeah
1: um part of meditation is god give me wisdom give me guidance give me godly counsel i, I, I need a word from you and then I choose to listen to what my pastor is saying or I choose to listen to you know a godly friend speaking into my life or i turn on um, a sermon and i'm like I'm I'm gonna actively pursue God's voice, yeah, and I'm gonna choose yeah. to receive it.
0: And sometimes it's like even just yeah, just reflecting on a situation that you're you're going through at that time, and giving God time to speak into yeah, that situation. Yeah. And as you're kind of wrestling with things in your mind, you're just opening up room for God to join you in that right. wrestling. now,
1: here's here's the, here's the tricky part of it is the reason you don't probably hear from God very often and I say this about you because its I have seen it to be true about me, yep. the reason you don't often hear from God is because you have so many things that are distracting you. Mm, yeah. Right? Yeah. You you have so many things in your life where the volume is actually louder than the voice of God. Therefore, you don't hear the voice of God. Right. Um, right now, I'm actually rubbing my fingers together. You can't hear that because my voice is talking and it's a little bit louder, right? <laughs> and, and the truth is, God's always talking. He's always speaking to you, um, but he's not going to try to rival the voices in your life, the, the, the other things in your life, whether it's attention from other people or sports or your job or um, you know some kind of competition, whether it's band or chess or debate or those things that you're like I really crave affirmation and these things and 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 I've I've tuned my ears to hear affirmation there and so all those things are so loud in your life or maybe it's video games or maybe it's television or maybe it's politics and the news or and 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 this, these are the things you're constantly paying attention to and God's over here whispering in a still small voice waiting for you to to tune into him. And, and in order to do that, you gotta turn down the volume on the other things. And so it's a really good practice to, to train your brain to stop listening to other things and to focus on one thing. And and I think I think that's the the basic concept of meditation um, is is to kind of remove the distractions from other things and focus on one thing. So that could be Things like taking deep breaths, um, turning off all of your electronics, just spend time listening. Uh, When your mind wanders, it's okay. Just bring it back. Um, Talk to God.
0: Right. And then... Your phone has a do not disturb button for a reason. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Just just call your attention back and and just listen, and God will reveal himself to you. And, and, And I think... One of the killers of meditation, frankly, one of the killers of, of conversation with God is hurry. Right. Don't, don't rush it. Uh, I think we're in so much of a hurry. God wants you to be fully present, as in, I don't have an end time.
0: And you, uh, and you'll give be that to surprised. You'll be surprised if you if you really focus on not rushing things because we usually rush things because we want to get more done. Yeah. But you'll be surprised if you if you actually take time to do this and you don't rush things. Man, I, I find that a lot of times when I take the time to do that, I'm actually more efficient throughout my day. even. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, I've had that time with God and I've had that time to think through things and get His input on those things. Yeah.
1: If you think about it, if I were to ask you, if I were to sit down face-to-face with you and said, what's the... If you could sit down and just receive from one person, who would it be? If you could just sit down and hang out with, talk to, ask as many questions with one person, who would it be? And, and, and if God was an option, I guarantee you most of you would choose well God, but... I don't think I can. Um, if God was sitting down face to face with you, I don't. I think you would probably cancel all the rest of your plans for the day.
0: Yeah.
1: No matter how important they were, because they're not as important as this, right? I, there's a country song that <laughs> it's kind of a guilty pleasure country song. Oh boy! <laughs> but I I don't. I'm not a beer drinker, but the country song <laughs> is called Beer with Jesus. And basically the premise of the country song is if I could have a beer with Jesus, I would go to the back of the bar, I would order up, um, you know, something and I would drink out really, really slow and I'd put all my money in the jukebox and we'd just sit there until it was gone. Yeah. And I'd have so many questions for him and I would, I would pretty much cancel the rest of my day because if I'm sitting down face to face with Jesus, everything else can kind of fall back into place after I'm done. Right. And the truth is, you have an opportunity to, to receive from, to hear from God, and to talk to Him every single day. And the question is, are you going to be uh, proactive enough or, or intentional enough to not just to find time, but to make time for that? Right. Right. And that, I think, God doesn't speak to you in a hurry, and he doesn't speak to you in lots of volumes. So in other words, and if I'm going to hear him, I've got to really lean in. Yeah. I do this I do this practice with my students. Uh, we have uh, lots of rowdy students. <laughs> they love to have fun at youth group. Oh, yeah. um, But if I ever need to get their attention, instead of l- yelling over them, I've realized if I just actually lower my voice... And they see me talking, but they realize they can't hear me, they actually quiet themselves down <laughs> yeah. and oh, and yeah. they lean in. And I think that's a good practice with God, is is so meditation is about removing the distractions so that um, I can I can um, lean in to, to God's presence and just be quiet and and calm and unrushed to hear from him. Um now that transitions to the next, I probably more intense version of this, which is fasting. <laughs> um, and you see in, fa- in in the Bible, fasting and prayer happens a lot. And, um, and one of the things that I think a lot of times we think is like, oh, well, either I'm a super Christian if I fast, or I, I can automatically twist God's arm into giving me what I want if I'm fasting and praying. <laughs> right. And the truth of the matter is, like I said earlier, powerful prayer is about a relation, is about confidence in a relationship with God. And the reason we don't have confidence a lot of times is because we're actually just not spending time with Him. We're not hearing from Him. And so, while meditation is a regular practice to remove the distractions um, and just be quiet and unhurried to hear from God, fasting is a much more intense version of that. Right. I deprive myself of creature comforts. And, and even basic human needs, so that I'm only tuned in. I'm zeroed in on hearing from God, and um, you know whether you're doing that just for a day, uh, whether you're doing that for a whole three, four days a week, um, forty days. Um, there's there's lots of ways to do it, and definitely consult medical advice when it comes to how to do that well, um, but. It's it's so important to remove physical comforts on an uh, on a at least a semi regular basis, right. so that you're 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 not losing track of the things that are so important. The truth is, you can actually have a sense of what's going on in the spiritual environment, but not when you're absolutely filled up on 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 mental junk food. Um, it does take a deprivation of these um uh, uh, comforts that we just feel like we're so in need of when we're not um, to actually get down to uh, a basic level to sense what our spirit is sensing and what God is maybe speaking to us in a more spiritual way and um, fasting kind of helps you to remove those things those spiritual distractions really
0: yeah, yeah. all right and another powerful, um, another powerful way we can pray uh, that that's, focuses on our confidence and our relationship with God, and we kind of touched on this a little earlier, um, that uh, you know Jesus and the Holy Spirit are interceding on our behalf to God as well. Well, I, I once heard that uh, one of the best methods in evangelism is actually talk to God about people before yeah, you talk yeah. to people about God for sure. And uh, it's it's huge. It's super important to to go to God and and especially in evangelism when when you're God has promised to save people. That's what he's in the business of doing. Right, right, right. And so we can go to God and we can talk about the people in our lives that we are hoping will begin to follow Jesus or so talk to the people in our uh, talk to God about the people in our lives who are going through different struggles that we yeah, know about, yeah. and intercede on their behalf, and I go to God on their behalf, and when we do that, um, God uh, God listens to us and He answers those prayers. He, he maybe He provides us opportunities to to be an answer to their prayers, even yeah, possibly.
1: Yeah, and I, I think it's so important to to recognize that. Um, God's given me an op- a, 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 an opportunity to participate with him in his divine activity on planet Earth. Right. Which is mind-blowing. Um, and so why, why would I choose not to uh, pray? And so um, there's a couple helpful acronyms when it comes to prayer um, that'll also give you a few additional um, ways to think through um, how to start your, your prayer practice, uh, practice of prayer. We, we've, we've mentioned a number of them, whether it's meditative reading or conversational prayer or practicing the presence of God or meditation or intercession for people or fasting. Um, maybe you have a trouble remembering all those things, which we'll have those in our show notes, but, um, here's, here's two acronyms. I also like, um, one of them is CATS. And uh, uh, is cats is C A T S: confession, adoration, thanksgiving, and supplication. So, uh, confession—just um, confessing your sins before God. That's that's the thing you can talk to God about. Adoration—praising God for who He is—and then thanksgiving is praising God for what He's done. Supplication is a lot like intercession, praying for things. Um, and intercession is specifically praying for other for things for other people. Um, so, confession, adoration, thanksgiving, supplication. There's also the acronym PRAY, um, which may be a little bit more helpful. I don't know. Um, Which is the the P stands for praise. Thanks God for thank you, God, for who you are and what you've done. Uh, The R stands for repent. Ask God uh, to search your heart and uh, just confess and repent of your sin. A stands for um, ask. Like ask God for what you need. Present your needs before God and tell. Um, him and trust him with that, and then and then Y stands for yield, and this is actually um, ironically not a prayer thing, but it is an important part of finishing your prayer. Is like submit your will to God. Yeah. Um, praying according to the will of God, which is what Jesus talks about, is something where you can't do it if your will is superseding God's will. Right, um, and so you have to submit your will to God. So um, praise, repent, ask, yield. Um, confession, adoration, thanksgiving, supplication pray, cats um, helpful ac- acronyms uh, lots of different ways to pray but the main point that I guess we want to get across in this um, is that uh, that powerful prayer is about confidence in a relationship with God and it's hard to have confidence in a relationship with someone if A, you believe the wrong things about them or right. B, you never spend time with them and so uh, our encouragement to you is just that like, make it a regular practice to yeah. spend time um, in conversation with God, praying according to the will of God. Um, because um, I think one of the things that is so important when it comes to confidence in your life is confidence in your relationship with God. And, and that can happen, uh, on a, you, you can boost that, you can continually prime that every single day throughout your whole day as you're praying.
0: Um, and which, remember, there's there's freedom there's freedom in that because it is about a relationship. There's freedom to get a little creative, even. Yeah. Um, if you're a person who you know doesn't express their emotions or their words well, try writing your prayers down. I could just write them down and and pray to God that way. I mean, you're still talking to God even even through that. Right,
1: right. So we just want to close with the verse again. Uh, Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence and we will receive from Him whatever we ask because we obey Him and do the things that please Him. Uh, Continually go to God, even if you have... You know guilt, and you're like, "Oh no, I don't want to go to God now." I I would argue, and I think the text is arguing that's the best time to go to God, yeah, Uh, because He can restore you with confidence again, and uh, that'll flow out into the confidence in the rest of your
0: life. And that's why powerful prayer is about confidence in your relationship with God.
1: Well, hey, thanks for listening today. We know that there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. And you chose to listen to this one, and that really makes a big difference to us. That matters a lot, so thank you. We want to let you know that you can always head to jesusdoesntsuck.com to connect with us, View the show notes, and get links to anything we mentioned in this episode.
0: Finally, if you've made it this far, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. It really does make a huge difference, as we want to help you follow Jesus with confidence and enthusiasm. Because remember, following Jesus doesn't suck.